Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. Before we start this evening, I just want to say that it's me, Kerry Davis, cheering the pod, as our regular host, Matt, is taking some time away after the sad passing of his mum. We here on the pod and our listeners are wishing you all the best, mate. Take care. The Wellbeing of Future Generations Wales Act 2015 is now in its seventh year and into its second commissioner. It's a big part of Welsh civic life, whether we've heard of it or not. The Act requires public bodies in Wales to think about long-term consequences of their decisions and to act in a way that promotes the well-being of future generations. It also establishes seven well-being goals for Wales. Prosperity, resilience, healthier, more equal Wales, Wales of cohesive communities, vibrant culture and a thriving Welsh language, and a globally responsible Wales. It is the first law in the world to put the needs of future generations at the heart of decision-making. Or does it? Joining us this evening to talk through this potentially transformative legislation is Derek Walker. Derek is the second ever future commissioner for Wales, joining earlier this year from his role as CEO of Compass, formerly known as the Wales Cooperative Centre. With Derek tonight on our panel is Aparna Chunilial, a member of the Future Generations Leadership Academy who works as a forestry GIS advisor at Natural Resources Wales. Good evening, both. Good evening, Kerry. Good evening. <laughs> Thanks, Alpana. Okay, both, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I can't quite believe we haven't formally looked at the Future Generations Act in our pods as it comes up pretty regularly. So it's entirely appropriate that you join us tonight. First off, we may know a lot about the Future Generations Act, but I don't want to assume everyone does. So Derek, just to kick us off, are you able to set the scene around the Act, the office, and your role as Commissioner? Yeah, absolutely, Kerry. But first of all, can I just um, thank you for inviting Aparna on the on the programme as well, on the podcast. Aparna is one of the alumni of our Future Generations Leadership Academy, whereby we support young people to have an understanding of the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act and um, help them to get on with their careers in public life in Wales. So I'm really pleased that Aparna is able to, to join us on the podcast this evening. Um, so the background to the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act was, well, 2015 when it became legislation, Kerry, but the work went on well before that. It pre was preceded by a national conversation called The Wales We Want, which was a, uh, an involvement exercising, ask people, asking people in Wales uh, what they wanted as a future for our country. And that um, put the basis down for, for the legislation. But prior to that, ever since devolution, we've put sustainable development at the heart of how we do things in Wales as, as at the heart of um, devolution. And so the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act is, a, is the, the next embodiment of how we're approaching uh, a country that puts sustainable development at the front and centre of how we, we, we do things in Wales. And so in essence, the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act applies to the public sector in Wales, public bodies, local authorities, health boards, natural resources, Wales and others. Um, although, you know, the third sector, the private sector are very interested and often voluntarily uh, go along with the spirits and the objectives of the Act. So it puts in place um, seven well-being goals for us as a country, and that sets our direction for the future. We have 50 national indicators that enable us to assess our progress 
in achieving those goals. And we have five ways of working, which are putting the sustainable development principle into practice, which is you know, how public bodies are expected to behave in terms of integrating their agendas, collaborating, thinking long-term, involving um, people in, in, in the work that they do, preventing problems from arising. That's all what the legislation says, and this applies to public bodies. They put in place wellbeing objectives, and my job is to uh, advise them on progress, push them to go further, monitor and assess their progress, undertake reviews where I think um, things aren't happening as well they should. So I'm a statutory commissioner, but I'm independent of government, and that's an important point. My, my job is independent of government, so Welsh Government falls under the, the legislation too, and they are also subject to the legislation and means that I am also able to advise, monitor and assess and, and call out their progress if it's not satisfactory. So it's ambitious legislation, it's um, unique legislation, it's the only legislation in the world that puts the sustainable development goals in the UN sustainable development goals into legislation. Um, and, um, you know, it's making, you know, a, a, a big difference so over a number of years. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a transformative piece of legislation. And I'm glad to hear, Kerry, that it comes up regularly on your podcast, because I do think it is a piece of legislation that is embedding in, into life in Wales, getting embedded into the life of Wales and and people are are, 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 are acting upon it. I, I definitely think in uh, the guests we have, it, uh, it is a feature of what they, they work in and uh, what they understand we, we're trying to do in Wales. Aparna, you've obviously got a stro strong feeling for what Derek has described, and he, he, gave, he gave us a little bit of a summary about the Leadership Academy. But can you tell us a little bit more about the Academy and, and what it brings to you and what you want to get out from that? Yeah, definitely. Um... So with the Academy, um, when I first joined and was urged to go on it, I assumed, you know, it's just going to be a leadership course like any other, almost like, you know, going to university, completing a course or um, doing a course on the side. And I went in with those expectations that I'll do it, gain maybe something out of it and, you know, forget about it completely. <laughs> um, bit later down the line, but really it has not been anything like that at all. If anything, it exceeded my expectations the whole way through. The staff were more than supportive um, and not just supportive, they listened to you properly and used those issues to make sure that I had further opportunities in the field there. I think the best part was not just me gaining a lot out of it, it's seeing other future leaders, seeing that, you know, they also hold the same opinions and views as me, but in their own little sectors. And now at the end of it all, um, so although I've graduated from the academy now, it really hasn't ended at all. My entire academy is there every step of the way. Should I need anything, they support me, I support them. We're constantly be being given other opportunities and, you know, we're still being developed now. For example, I guess me being on the podcast right now, you know, this is an incredible opportunity in itself. But also the Academy um, had me go to a conference in Glasgow for the well-being of the economies. And, you know, to sit on a panel as a young person 
to speak about the issues that are most important to me to a large audience that I would not usually get to do at all is incredible and amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> that, it sounds like there's, there's some fantastic opportunities for those on that particular academy and course, and uh, I'm glad you're benefiting from that. So thank you both for setting the scene of what, where we are eight years into the legislation and uh, seven of commissioner, you're into the eighth. That's a, that's a fair chunk of time. And I'm one who looks over the annual reports and read what the commissioners say, the public accounts committee. But where are we in terms of what we're trying to do? Like, Derek, last week, the State of Nature report came out and described Wales as one of the most nature-depleted countries on Earth. I think you said we really have to act on that. You know, where are we in reality now, eight years in with this legislation? Are we making real progress? Are we moving in the right direction? Yeah, it's a great question. I think we're making some progress, but we're not making good enough progress. Um, the other report that came out last week, Kerry, was the Wellbeing of Wales report, which is the Welsh Government's report on how we're doing against the 50 in indicators, which um, uh, show how well or not we are succeeding in terms of the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act as a whole and the goals that we have. And it's a, a mixed picture, to say the least, in terms of progress. We still see um, some areas you know, where we're going backwards. We see high levels of poverty. We saw um, greenhouse gas emissions increase from 2020 to 2021, although some of that was sort of COVID related. Um, and as a result of the slowdown in the economy, I think the year before. But nonetheless, there are some good things to point to in that report, but more generally. Um, but we're not seeing enough of them and we're not seeing them widespread enough. So you know, perhaps the, the most cited example, I think, of the evidence of change that's coming about as a result of the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act is perhaps in the area of transport policy, very topical at the moment with the 20 mile per hour issue dominating in, in, in the headlines. Um, but actually, we're seeing quite a transfer, more transformative approach in our approach to transport. So, you know, what started with... Um, Perhaps a big decision around the M4, which was um, didn't go ahead, the M4 relief road, and that was largely to do with not being in line with the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. We're now seeing a big shift in transport spending, so a lot more being spent on public transport and less on roads, more on active travel, cycling and walking um, than we had done previously. So, and you know, the 20 miles per hour zone is part of that it's about safety on our roads but it's also about making our roads safer for people to cycle and walk on and and, and be uh, undertaking active travel um, modes so all of this is the kind of change the transformational change that we need to see as a result of the well-being of future generations act but that's got to lead to outcomes for people so you know that's process that's policy changes but are we seeing journey times um, on public transport getting better? Are we seeing people um, um, using trans public transport more or do um, cycling and walking more as a result of these changes? Are we seeing better air quality levels as a result of that? These are the type of things that we need to get to. It's not good enough to stop a road. What we got to do is, you know, change things so things improve for the citizens of Wales. So it's a 
excuse the pun, it's a journey that we're on and we need to see it through until the benefits for for the the people of Wales um, um, start to come through as well. Apana, do, do you share that kind of view of where we are in Wales, but there's still, we are making progress, but there's still a long way to go? Yeah, um, so I came to Wales in 2015 for university um, to do my undergrad at Aberystwyth University. And um, as someone who did not drive, I relied on public transport a lot or, you know, well, for everything. And since then, um, so there have been small improvements within public transport itself. Um, the trains themselves have improved greatly. <laughs> but as Derek said, there does need to be a lot more improvement. Me, as a young person, um, was more than happy to, you know, spend a bit longer on the road, whether it's on the bus or the train. But we need to you know, acknowledge the fact that it may not be possible for someone who's disabled. They may not be able to you know, spend as long on public transport as I can. So in those little bits, it does need to improve. It does need to become more accessible so people can get around more easily. It is unfair that for someone, it will take them you know, seven hours to get from Cardiff to Aberystwyth, which should be a fairly short journey. I guess the more we use public transport, the better, you know, and the quicker we can probably get there rather than relying on cars. Because if more people rely on cars and are constantly using their own mode of transport, you're not going to see those changes because these people then, you know, will not be demanding more changes within the public transportation system that, you know, will not affect them at all. So it's getting people off the road and getting them to use the public transport. But as Derek said, it does need to improve. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think we can agree on that. We've done some transport pods, which cover uh, quite a bit of what you said there. And the old Aberystwyth to Carmarthen railway line is always a, a favourite topic of mine. But, you know, you both mentioned that we focused on transport there and it is topical. And we couldn't really go by this week without mentioning the war on motorists, as it seems to be, and the 20 miles per hour uh, limit or blanket even, if you're a certain demographic in Wales, in urban areas. For me, I, I think that's good policy making. It's using using the act as it was designed to be used, Derek, for that kind of long-term public good. Do, do we think that's now becoming embedded in policy making in Wales? Uh, it's becoming embedded in, in many places, um, but not in enough. So over the last six months, I've been speaking to all the leaders of public bodies in Wales and others in other sectors, but also in other parts of the public sector to get an understanding of where we're at. Um, you see, you know, usual thing, you see some really good, far-sighted um, practice and you see some poor practice. And what we need to do is make the good practice, you know, common to every public body. So, you know, People get this legislation. People get the need for long-term thinking. You know that the, the public gets it. The leaders get this. But the you know the biggest reason that gets put in my way when I talk to people about it is how can we focus on the long term when we've got big problems facing now. We've got huge queues outside our hospital, big waiting lists, for example. You know you can't possibly be expecting us to look long term 
when we've got these problems. Well, you know, it was ever thus, wasn't it? There was always huge problems to be dealing with. And the truth is we have no choice. We have to look at the long term as well as looking at the short term. We have to find the win-wins. People are fed up with sticking plaster approaches to policy, which means that we just need to sort out um, the, you know, the futures, the, the problems further down the line. People want public servants to look beyond the, you know, the five-year political cycle and look to take the right long-term decisions. And so overwhelmingly, what I've heard from, you know, these conversations that we've been having is people want help with the how. They understand the why. They understand why we've got the legislation. They need more help with the how. How do we go about doing this and um you know what help can you provide us so that's going to be one of my big focuses Kerry when I sort of launch my new plan for my term in November because that's an overwhelming theme that's come through the conversations that I've been having a little bit of a, a hint of what's to come there I can't remember what is it when it's uh, breaking news as it were <laughs> upon it you're Very probably more familiar with the act and what it aims to deliver the most having gone through the academy you also work for one of the bodies that uh is has to follow the act you know how do you think that the public bodies are working in that way you know one of the things i didn't mention in the introduction was the five way five ways of working approach which derek touched on and i always thought when i was working in this area that that was kind of integral to to what we were doing about that getting collaboration integration involvement that long-termism do you see that in in your day-to-day -day work with nrw i work within the forestry department so we maintain the welsh government woodland state and in terms of um the five ways of working i wouldn't say um we are 100% there. I don't think any public body is there at the moment. But the way we are working, the way we are collaborating, I most definitely think that is slowly increasing and becoming better. For example, um, just recently, we launched the Naturini campaign, which is a Wales-wide campaign talking to the people of Wales and asking them what nature means to them. And it's not, you know, someone sitting in the Senate deciding on policies or deciding what the people actually want. Conversation is asking the people what they would like. And they themselves have said that, you know, they would like the gap between the government and public bodies and other organizations to close for everyone to work together. And we have this now, you know, it's, it's not something that we have decided. It's not something that the Act has decided. It's something that the people have decided. And that's something we need to realise that at the end of the day, everyone is actually after the same thing. Everyone wants the same thing, which is to work together for an end goal, which helps everyone overall. So although I do work for Natural Resources Wales, I make sure that anything I do, it's not limited just to, you know, what we do. I make sure it has positive benefits for all. So if I'm out and about and someone doesn't quite understand why we have got a particular forestry operation in place, I provide them with the information, but mostly I listen. I listen to their worries. I listen to them and understand 
any feelings they may have towards it. Usually it's fairly negative, <laughs> but by the end of the conversation, you know, we do come onto neutral grounds for why we do certain things. And I think if all public bodies start doing this more and more, we will get there. But for now, I think we do have a long way to go. A lot of progress still needs to be made and more public bodies actually need to talk to each other because at the end of the day, we all truly want the same thing. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's obviously a work in progress in the early days, but it's good to know your approach and that uh, of NRW is, is moving in that direction. Derek, you mentioned a little bit earlier that you spent the first six months of your term understanding what is happening and looking to the future and you're publishing a seven-year strategy this autumn, which we had a little scoop of earlier. Um, and I don't want to preempt exactly what else you're going to publish, but perhaps you could talk about uh, what you found out in that kind of discovery phase of your uh, time in, as the commissioner. I know that you've spoken about food resilience um, several times. I, we talked about transport uh, as well. Are there any other areas which really jumped out in that kind of six-month talking phase you've had, which uh, you, you may well look to focus on? Yeah, I can give you a little bit of flavour what's come up, and we're, we are finalising the plan as I speak. I guess a number of things. Uh, I talked about, you know, focus on the implementation being, you know, a key part of this. What we've also been hearing is people are wanting perhaps um, us to focus less on policy and more on uh, other areas such as impact and you know, delivering on the, the what the Act says and making sure the, the machinery of the Wellbeing of Future Generation Act is working well. So I think this is all about looking at the USP um, of this role. There are lots of organisations out there, including ones I've worked for previously and think tanks and academia that can put lots of policy recommendations together for government and local government and others and people you know are inundated in these policy recommendations that doesn't seem to me like a valuable space to add value to be the usp of my role so my role is unique and let's play to its strengths it can advise as a statutory advisor it, it can monitor and assess it can call things out it can review things where things are not happening it also has some significant soft powers you know in terms of convening so bringing people together to get people around the table to find solutions and to make things happen in areas where that's required it can put a spotlight on those sorts of issues particularly the long-term issues that perhaps others are not giving enough attention to so that is you know key to the approach is focusing on the usp of this role and those aspects i think the other thing to say perhaps is I'm going to have to prioritise. So you, you could cover anything under the scope of the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act. It's so broad that, um, you know, any subject is in scope potentially. Um, and my strong belief is that if I try and do too many things, um, I'm not going to get very far, very fast. So I am going to focus on a number of key missions. And those the mission approach we're taking is because we're focused on outcomes. So what is the outcome we want to achieve? And, you know, what are the activities that we can undertake within that USP to make more of that happen? So that we'll have a few missions that um, the office will focus on for the next few years. 
that will mean some people perhaps won't see their particular area in scope or you know covered directly by the document that I publish but I think that is inevitable and necessary for a small team to focus on you know some key areas that doesn't mean we did we don't touch on those things we might have some light touch interventions or some cooperation in areas where with other organizations working in that space where we can see you know a very future generations long-term lens approach is required but that does require us to you know it will require us to focus on a on fewer things and, and doing those in more depth and over the longer term and you know to give you a bit more of a flavor of what's coming up you know you, we we did a lot of analysis for this you were looking at global trends reports we did a lot of involvement work with um, the population of wales we did speaking to public bodies we worked with advisors and experts and you know top of that list is the nature and climate emergencies if you're thinking about the well-being of future generations the interests of long of, of the long term of, of people not yet born well, we need to have a climate, a, a, a planet on which they can they can live. We need clean rivers in which they can swim. We need clean water. We need biodiversity levels to to regain um, their previous levels in order for them to have um, good, satisfying lives. So, you know, that's at the top of the list. It's a it's a bit of a no-brainer to see that on my agenda, but it's absolutely going to be at the top of the list. Aparna, I'm, I'm sure you get a chance to feed in to the commissioner as an academy alumni. Is there anything in particular you, you think the, the commissioner should focus on going forward? Well, the main thing I would say is farming, really. I'm sure I'm about to make a lot of people very angry, <laughs> but um, one thing we need to remember is Despite everything um, NRW and the Welsh Government are doing, the land that we own is very little compared to the entire landscape of Wales. More than 80% of the landscape of Wales is farming and the farming community um, think if they were to come together with us, because at the end of the day, we're not trying to work against them. We're not trying to take away what they have. We want to work with them to improve the local environment and I think if we can do that it's going to be a win-win situation for all not only will they have a sustainable farm that they can then pass on to their children and then their children but also we can increase biodiversity we can increase water quality and you know it's a whole effect in the end which will a whole domino effect in the end which will keep going on and on and there can only be more positives so Yes, Derek, if there's one thing you can please do, then please focus on the farming community, protect our landscape, protect our rivers, because they need us now more than anything else. Thank you, Aparna. That That is going to feature, we are going to have an area of exploration around food, which obviously covers farming, but the whole system, because food covers, uh, I think, all of the well-being goals. Um, you know, it's it's what we eat, it affects our health. As you've said, you know, how we grow it, it's part of our economy, the farming economy, the rural economy is is really important and we need to strengthen that. But some of our farming practices are damaging our rivers, causing pollution, killing our fish. Um, so we need a significant change in um, our approach to food. And so 
because it's a system issue or systems issue probably in terms of food lots of systems at play there we need to think about how all this connects and how we have a food policy for Wales that is fit for future generations and um, we don't have a food strategy or food policy in Wales at the moment some of the public bodies that we've been speaking to have increasingly put food on their agenda as something that they want to look at often it's around buying local food but it's also around food poverty and you know people not being able to afford food and so you know it's being given more attention but not by uh, you know enough public bodies and not by enough organizations so we are going to make sure food is firmly on the agenda as a way of looking at one particular all-encompassing area that covers all aspects of the Wellbeing and Future Generations Act and see how we can make some significant change and so our, our food system is for the, fit for the future so thank you Aparna. No, great point and don't, don't worry about making people angry Aparna I think it's, it's the discussions in Wales which we're, we're short of and as someone from farming stock and still tinkering on a farm in the Welsh marches I, I think the idea of having sustainability in farming is, is only a good thing. I think that will be recognised by by the industry. Derek, I want to I come on some of the, the more difficult uh, items. So the Public Accounts Committee uh, has looked at not just the, the Future Generations Commissioner, but it reviews all the commissioners. And one of the, well, several of its conclusions and recommendations jumped out at me from the report in April of last year. It, there was a suggestion that Welsh Government to take undertake an evaluation of the future generation commissioner, the scope of its work and its responsibilities. Like, where are we with that now? Well, I think that's a really welcome thing, and it will. Well, it will be happening. I don't think it will be happening. It will be happening. What we're we're at a half time stage, really, in the sustainable development goals. So, the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which are um, well being a future generation that that was based on. Um, were agreed in 2015, as our Act was, and 2030 is when the sustainable goals are meant to be delivered. And we've made poor progress globally across the world. I think only something like 13%, 14% of these goals are on track to be delivered or have been delivered. So really poor progress. Anyway, I mentioned that because you know, we're we're aligned really to that timescale. And my understanding and my expectation is that there will be a post-legislative review of our legislation over the next couple of years to understand, you know, how the legislation has worked and how the role of this office as a, a commissioner has worked as well. So we can we can learn um from what's worked and what hasn't and make changes uh, as necessary and then also prepare for 2030 when the sustainable development goals uh, are likely to change as well so it's um, a good practice review of legislation that is planned it's currently being scoped within welsh government as i understand it i'm sure my team will be closely involved but at the moment the the planning is being done to think about how that can be best um delivered as a piece of work yeah, I was interested to because I couldn't find much on what had happened. Because I know the recommendation was to have that evaluation complete by the time you were in post, but I couldn't really work out exactly where it was. So thanks for clarifying that. And sorry to put another awkward question in there, but blame the Public Accounts Committee, which is uh, one of my favourite go-to committees when you want to find out what's going on in Wales. But their, their number one conclusion 
was that the Welsh Government should provide greater leadership and clarity around how the different bodies interact within the context and framework of the Act. And I think that is really a crucial aspect of what we're trying to do. Is that going to be caught up in the, the work you just alluded to, or do you think we are making progress in that area from that particular recommendation? Yeah, I think we're making progress in that area. That's um, a separate uh, point that's being made. Um, I think, you know, it, it also um, relates very much to the focus that I want to take in terms of um, making sure we get stuff done and clear direction is given to the public bodies and expectations are are, are there on, on what we should expect. I mean, one of the areas that, you know, I've been a little bit concerned about Kerry has been around some of the collaboration structures. So we have public service boards put in place by the legislation to enable and encourage um, public bodies to work together on issues over and above what they should be doing anyway as part of their their responsibilities as public bodies. You know, to look at those issues whereby they cannot deal with those sorts of things on their own. So the long term. Um, uh, determinants of our health, for example, are things that can't just sit with a health board, they sit with all of us, don't they? So, you know, I've seen some really good practice amongst the PSBs, and I've seen other PSBs which are, you know, um, you know, operating in a way that is about sharing information between the public bodies, which is not a bad thing to have happen. You know, we need good communications with public bodies, but their intention was to be much more ambitious than that and to go beyond um forums for sharing information but to be you know groups of organizations coming together to look at those long-term issues that they can only tackle by working together and you know we're not seeing enough of that type of ambitious long-term action within these collaborative structures so you know i think that needs needs a bit more attention upon i don't want to drag you into public accounts committee conclusions or recommendations so one of the areas I'd like you to, to comment on is whether Wales is making that difference in the world or not. I think this legislation is. It, it's certainly seen uh, to be trailblazing around the world and people are noticing and they are wanting to listen to the Welsh story. And Do you see others following suit with an act or legislation along this, along the lines of what we're doing in Wales around the globe? Yeah, definitely. Um with anything, um, you know, it has to start somewhere. Most people may argue that Wales is a small nation, so it's easy for us to bring in such an act, but it's something that, you know, I think eventually every single country, hopefully, <laughs> um, will adopt and take it a lot further. We are, in a way, a living case study where people can see the progress that we have made and you know, take this a lot further, I guess, in their own ways and in places where the Act is not in place. It's a great conversation starter. One of the best things about the Act is going elsewhere, seeing something and knowing it can be improved and just mentioning it to them that, look, in Wales, we have this Act. It doesn't just protect the current generation, but also protects the future generation. And what everyone needs is not just hope now, but hope for the future and that's what the act brings in. That's very true. And it is kind of part of that globally responsible Wales, which is one of the, the seven areas. Derek, the last commissioner, um, Shirley Chay, did some traveling to 
to spread the message. And I have to be fair, I noticed that you were in New York last week spreading the message. Where do you think we are with getting um, a future generation legislation accepted or embedded around the world? Well, I guess it's not our job to embed it around the world, but we can, you know, share our learning. And people, are, as Apana was saying, are very interested in what we're doing in Wales. Sometimes they're taking different approaches, um, but, um, you know, they're very interested in this sort of world-leading legislation. You know, first of all, because of what we're doing, because of the innovative things that we're doing, we do get a lot of interest for this work around the world. And, you know, I'm regularly doing podcasts or meeting people coming to Wales to tell them about this legislation so that they can hear about our experience and we can be open and transparent about you know what works and, and what isn't so that they can take that back to their own countries. Um, so you do get a fair amount of interest and that does mean some invitations and I'm trying to be very careful about when I fly because you know one of the key um, aims of this legislation is to reduce our our impact on the environment and improve our resilience as a country. So I'm being very careful about taking those decisions and I've turned down a number of them. But one of the opportunities that came up last week that I thought about very carefully was that I was invited to speak at a conference about our work organised by Arizona State University and also to meet with officials from some of the UN agencies, including the UN, during the SDG conference last week and to talk about what we were doing in Wales and to share that experience, but also to learn from what's been going on around the world and to bring that back to Wales. So um, because of the number of um, opportunities to speak to people, um, there was a lot going on in New York and um, I took the call that those things couldn't be achieved um, by by not being there. And it was an important and, and useful a uh, few days, um, which was paid for by Arizona State University, but also I think important and useful information that can be brought back to Wales. So it's, it's I was bowled over a bit, Kerry, when I got the job, um, by the level of international interest in this piece of legislation. You know, at the UN level, they are looking at a special envoy for future generations based on the Wales model. And that's part of what I was talking about last week. So that is pretty special. That is a soft power for our nation. That's the opportunity to, you know, talk about Wales to the world, raise awareness about what Wales is doing and link to wider objectives for, for Wales in the world. So, you know, it's it's a it's a great asset for our country, this legislation, and um, we should use it to best effect to meet our goals and to achieve what we want to achieve as a country. I, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot there because I know you're going to have some very difficult choices on on those travel it was simply because i saw you were in new york so i added it to the script kerry that's absolutely fine you know i'm i'm happy to uh, answer that question that's an appropriate question no problem at all there is, there is that global interest uh, i'm particularly interested with what's happening in the rest of the uk because there was a point where i think it was uh through the lords i think lord bird yes thank you it they were looking at bringing in similar type of legislation in england and uh the way politics over the borders go in recently, I'm not sure that that is the case anymore. Is, is, are any of the UK home nations looking to do something similar? I'm hoping to meet with Lord Bird in a couple of weeks, actually, to understand where what the situation is uh, uh, within England. In Scotland, they're taking a you know slightly different approach to us, but they've been looking at 
what we've been doing with interest. So a lot of the approach that we're taking to think long term and think about more broadly about well-being rather than some of the more traditional measures such as GDP is something that's uh, got a fair amount of interest from people in Scotland. But actually, I know not in you're not in the United Kingdom, but actually in Ireland, we've had a um, we've had quite a lot of interest from the Republic of Ireland about what we're doing. And I think there does seem to be some momentum to put in place something similar to the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act and, and possibly even an independent commissioner role like mine. So um, the approach in Scotland, England and Wales are different, uh, but nonetheless, there is some overlap and some commonality to the, the types of approaches that we want to take. And, you know, it's not surprising, you know, it, it, it's common sense that we should be thinking about the long term and we should be thinking about the well-being of the population as you know fundamental to how we do our politics and how we do our governance so there's not just one way of doing it um there are lots of different ways from which we can learn in wales too upon we're drawing to a close and derek has mentioned several times in the in the pod the report which was published last week and um it was a very mixed bag, I think it will say. But one thing which struck out to me because it's of particular interest is that the report found that children and young people are struggling most since the pandemic with a decline in life satisfaction and low level of sport participation. As, as a young person who's experienced university life in Wales, I hope Aberystwyth treated you well, I'm sure it did. But is there anything in particular you think we should be looking at in that kind of area to to address that kind of youth outlook on life? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I do think we need to get more young people out in nature and connected to nature. Because of my interest in the outdoors, um, I've always found a way to get myself on the top of a mountain or, you know, on river. But as someone with keen interest, um, it's easy for me to see what's actually out there. But many young people, especially from small communities, especially from rural communities um, in poverty deprived areas, they probably face a lot more anxiety than I do. And um, one way to address this is to get them out, to show them that, you know, nature is not just there to reach environmental targets set out by the Welsh Government or the UN, it's there for them. And once they are out there, once they can interact with it, not only um, will increase their well-being in terms of their health, but um, this, you know, extends to their physical and mental health, but also it can form a sense of community, meeting other people out there. So I do think we really need to get the climate education out there because the more people know the more people experience what's actually out there, the more they will feel a responsibility to improve it and have some sort of say in it. And it's the community at the end of the day that's going to make the most amount of difference. It's not one singular organisation or a politician who can do it. I think it's all of us coming together. So I do think nature in education needs to be embedded greatly. It doesn't need to be one single course, I think it needs to be a regular thing, not just for people at universities, but from the start, you know, from, I would say, 
nursery onwards, it needs to be a core part, really. Yeah, I think we can all agree with that. Derek, we're, we're coming to the end of the pod, but that aspect around children and young people really is future generations writ large. And in response to that, the, the Wellbeing of Wales report, you, you did write, we're not making enough progress in delivering the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act as there's a mixed picture against national indicators. We need to use this report to encourage bold and urgent action. You know, you're going to publish your strategy at, later on this uh, this autumn, but if you had one quick win, you could you could enact or ask Welsh Government to really pick up and run with, what would that be? Oh, what a question. There's so many asks there, Kerry. I mean, the first thing to say about the report is I do think we have a job to do in shedding some light on that report. Um, I hadn't, you know, I've worked in public life for a number of years, Kerry, before this job, as you know, um, Chief Executive Compass, as you said at the beginning, prior to this. And I wasn't aware of this report until I applied for this role. And it's a really important piece of work. A lot of work goes into it by Welsh Government civil servants. And um, it's a state of the nation report, really. It's a national scorecard to, to tell us um, you know, how well uh, we are doing as a nation. And so I think, you know, um, I hope podcasts like this, the media and others will give that report some attention because it can can be used to direct effort and, and direct or public bodies to, you know, what's working well and what isn't and to encourage, you know, more action uh, where is needed. So, you know, just that bit on the report. Um, there's not one area, Kerry, I can give you in terms of what Welsh Government uh, needs to do. Um, you know, it's there are so many sort of system issues here um, that can't be, uh, you know, addressed by one magic wand. These are, this is hard, this is the hard work of transformational change. It requires lots of different changes in lots of different um, spaces by lots of different people to make the change that we want to have. Um, but what the what the legislation does is it gives us a framework. We're, we're all on this same journey. It's not just applying to Welsh Government, it's applying to all public bodies. It applies, to, and, and the third sector, the private sector, adopted as well. So it gives us a one direction as a country. It gives us a ways of working which we should all adopt and it gives us a sense of common purpose you know you know what i want us to to do is to use this legislation as a you know it's a vision for the country it tells us where we want to go gives us direction about how we should get there and we should all be you know supported pushed um funded you know directed to go on that journey together so that we can really make a difference not just for today but for generations to come uh, sorry for that curveball. We we tend to end the pods with that kind of wish list answer, but it it isn't easy. And uh, I appreciate you trying to to give us that. But we have we have run out of time. Uh, so I just want to thank you both for giving up your evening for us this, today. And we always ask: Should anyone want to hear from you or contact you after the pod when they've listened to what you've had to say? Can they find you anywhere on social media? Any of the platforms, Aparna? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, mine is just Apana underscore Lily. Um, and I do follow Derek on Twitter. So if you are good with your social media, you should be able to find me on there. <laughs> okay, I'm sure people can find you. Derek, 
you must have a a plethora of ways of contacting or following yourself. What what was what's most appropriate? Um, well, I've got my own Twitter account um, at Derek Walker underscore and a LinkedIn account, um, which is the other place you can find me. Also, you can find all the contact details from myself and the team on our website. If you Google Future Generations Commissioner Wales, you'll find it all there. And we have a office Twitter account as well. You'll, you'll find us. Uh, now, as our usual house host matt isn't with us tonight it'll be me so i just want to say thank you everyone for joining if you want to hear more about what we do please find us on the various social media links we're on them all including after some recent conversation i've had lately on mastodon thank you for listening this evening and your continued support if you enjoy what you hear and you can support us with your wallet find us at patreon.com slash pod or if you would just like to find out more about our podcasts go to walespolitics.com. Thank you for listening to Hereith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.